This is the Millennial Gunner Podcast, a safe place for those who love brass, lead, and the smell of gunpowder. Hello and welcome everyone. I am your host, Ryan Hickey, and this is episode four. Wow, we're up to episode four of the Millennial Gunner Podcast. I have a pretty cool show for you guys today, um, but beforehand I wanted to cover some little announcements that I have going on. Nothing unusual there. Um, The first one being I have a YouTube channel, if you guys don't know. Um, If you look up Millennial Gunner on YouTube, just look for the big old Gatling gun, click on it, and watch the videos for me. I have two up currently. The first one is sighting in AR iron sights. And the other one is, episode two, is how to sight in a AR for 100 yards while only having a 25-yard range available. This kind of leads me into my second little announcement. If you guys like the content that I provide, I now have what's called an Amazon Associates account, where if you guys purchase items using the links that I leave in the descriptions of either the podcast or the YouTube channel or the blog, I get a little kickback for it. Um, It's not much. Trust me, I'm not getting rich off of this, but it is something to kind of help offset the cost of the channel. And that's really helpful to me. So if you like what I'm doing and you want to kind of help support me in a more monetized manner, not saying you have to, but if you want to, one, you're awesome. Two, you can click those links and buy the items in the description, and it helps me out. The last thing I wanted to talk about today also involves me trying to have just a little bit of money to help me offset the cost of this stuff. Um, And that is on the podcast, uh, you have the option to kind of leave me a tip. It's similar to a Patreon account, but um, it doesn't have to be reoccurring. So... If you like the podcast, the YouTube channel, or just the content, the silly content I put out on social media, um, please consider leaving just a small tip for me. Like I said, not getting rich off of this stuff, and I won't bring this up every episode. It's just something that I am starting now, and I want to let you, the listener, be aware of. Um, But if you like my content, go ahead and try supporting me by either using the links or leaving me a tip on Anchor. Now that we have all that boring stuff out of the way, let's talk guns. I have, or I'm bringing back um, the Armory segment, and that is what this entire episode is going to be dedicated to. In this episode, we will be talking about probably, eh, not probably, it is my favorite rifle, um, the Keltec Sub-2000. Uh, The first segment, we are going to be talking about um, just a little bit about the company and why I like pistol caliber carbines a lot. And then the second segment, I will go over um, the actual Kel-Tec Sub-2000 and what I love about it and the very few things that I think could use some improving on it. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the show. As always, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Thank you. 
Welcome back, Snowflakes. For this first segment, we're going to be talking about the Pistol Caliber Carbine, or PCC for short. This idea of having a rifle chambered in pistol cartridges is nothing new. We've seen it throughout history, whether it be in the late 1800s, out in the Wild West, with the 45 Long Colt, or on Normandy Beach in World War II, via the 45 and the Thompson submachine gun, or even in more modern history with 9mm being in Uzis and MP5s and the umps. Now, throughout history, this, this idea has kind of waxed and waned a little bit, but we are seeing a resurgence of it in the civilian market, particularly in these past two decades. Now, I would like to credit that to a couple of things. The first and foremost being cost. We have seen uh, ammo prices do a lot of crazy things recently, and if you take the cheapest true rifle caliber, which I consider to be 223 or 556, depending on which you're going for, uh, which cost about $8.99 for a box of 20, and compare that to a box of 9mm, which costs just about the same, um, between $7.99 and $11.99, depending on what you're picking up, you will see that you get almost, well, over twice as much ammunition for the same dollar amount. Now, what that translates to me personally is more practice time. I can go out to the range and shoot 50 rounds of 9mm, um, as opposed to 20 rounds of AR-223 or, well, I shoot 5.56. Um, and that more trigger time makes me better with the format, in this case, rifles. Makes me better at the weapon, makes me more precise, makes me more comfortable. So I really hold in high regard the fact that uh, this weapon system is cheaper to shoot than your more standard rifle calibers. Now, the second reason why I really like the pistol caliber carbine is kind of a niche reason. When you are looking in the home defense or backpacking or even truck gun category, I really think the pistol caliber carbine shines. Um, the reason being is it has plenty of power for you to get Defend yourself, essentially. Just for example, out of the Celtic Sub 2000, if you were taking a 115 grain Corbon uh, cartridge and shooting it, you can expect to get about 1385 feet per second out of that bullet. That's 357 Magnum power, and I don't think anyone's going to argue that a 357 does not have enough knockdown power for anybody. Now you really see this get multiplied when you're looking at the plus P loads. So if you take the Corbon 125 grain, um, well actually there's not that big of a difference. We'll compare apples to apples. If you take the Corbon 115 grain um, hollow point plus P, you are then getting 1524 feet per second on average out of that rifle. That is that's really hot. Like, that's pushing almost 10 millimeter 
uh, velocities. And you're going to knock down any two-legged uh, varmints out there with that sort of power at you. The other reason, or the last reason why I really like pistol caliber carbines is because they are shooter-friendly. If you have someone who is new to rifles, or you yourself are new to rifles, pistol caliber carbines um, don't kick a lot. Uh, like, I would say they kick less even than two two three. So if you have somebody who is really gun-shy, or if you've just never done anything with rifles, this is a really good platform to get introduced to it on. Now, I think that covers what I can in the short amount of time I've allotted this segment. We're going to take a brief break, and then we are going to come back with uh, a segment about Keltec as a company, and then we're going to talk about the Keltec Sub 2000. Stay tuned. Welcome back. It is now time for the Armory segment. Um, today we are going to be talking about the Keltec Sub 2000, but I wanted to start out the segment by talking about Keltec, the company. Keltec was established in 1995 and is based out of Florida. They are a company that really prides themselves on innovation with weapons like the Sub 2000, which fold in half, to some of their bullpup designs like the KS7, which is a small bullpup shotgun that I think is super cool and I really want to buy it. Um, they also have some really cool rifles like their newest, uh, I didn't mean rifles, I meant pistols. They have some really cool pistols. They have cool rifles too, but I meant pistols. Um, the one that is most noteworthy to me at the moment is the uh, the 22 um, pistol they just released that has a quad stack mag in it. It can hold an obscene amount of 22 long rifle, and that's just another one I think is really cool that I want to get. But enough about Keltec. We are here to discuss the Sub 2000, which is my favorite rifle. Fun fact, it is also the first rifle that I have purchased. I've owned rifles and, well, I've had, I've inherited a couple of rifles um, in the past, but this was the first one that I went to the store and bought. And the whole reason I wanted to pick up this handy little rifle is I was looking for a, a backpack gun, essentially. My wife and I, we go hiking a lot, and we get into some pretty remote places where you have some... Well, critters running about. And especially with stories out west of people getting mugged on hiking trails, I wanted something with a little bit more oomph than just my standard pistol uh, to go hiking with. And this one fit the bill really well, especially since it folds in half, which is probably my favorite feature on the rifle. But we'll get to that in just a little bit. Before going over what I like and don't like about it, um, we're just going to give you a brief description of what the Keltec Sub 2000 is. This is a pistol caliber carbine that 
Mine is chambered in 9mm. You can get it in 40 Smith & Wesson, but I have no experience with that one. I only have shot and tested the 9mm. I can't imagine they're that much different, but just wanting to get that out there. Um, it is 9mm. Mine is in the Super Cool ODE Green, um, which I... I'm not really one for uh, colored guns, but it's really grown on me. Uh, it looks cool. It looks sharp um, without being too flashy. So uh, the reason I was originally going to buy a black one, but I got a really good price at Sherwood for this one. Uh, and that's the whole reason I ended up with a colored gun. But since picking it up, I actually really like it. And... Yeah, enough about that. Uh, up at the front of the barrel, you have um, standard AR-style sights. You have a black or a back peep sight and an AR front post. Um, then you have a 16-inch barrel, which is covered in a polymer, or as the old-timers like to call it, plastic body. And then you have the chamber and trigger area which is also covered in a polymer body and then you have the buffer tube which is very similar to an ARs it's just a little tube that contains the spring and bolt um, and then you have the buttstock which keeps the spring and bolt all mounted in there now the Caltech Sub 2000 is a blowback design, so it works exactly like 90% of pistols on the market. So it's not really hard to get the concept. You fire the bullet, the energy produced by the primer and the bullet going boom pushes the bolt back with resistance of the spring that allows the next round to be brought up and captured in by the bolt and loading the gun. Like I said, like most pistols out there right now. Um, that's the basic overview of what the gun looks like. We'll go ahead and get into some of the features I do and don't like about it. The, like I said, my absolute favorite thing about this gun is the fact that it folds in half when you do fold in half. It is a mere 16 inches long, which means that you can fit it in any backpack or laptop bag or even a briefcase if people still use briefcases. But um, it fits very easily into any sort of day bag or backpack. Um, and it's really not that hard to uh, get out of the folded position. Um, when you are holding the gun, the, you have the trigger guard. You pull the trigger guard up slightly, and I have it currently assembled, so I'm putting it in the folded position. You fold the barrel back to the buttstock. You'll hear that click, and then it is folded, and it holds firmly in there to um, make the rifle ready to shoot. You have a little tab uh, right above the buttstock. You pull that up. Bring the barrel folding folding it forward until you hear that snap. And then it is fully locked. It is solid. It will not move. Um, 
I have dropped this gun a couple of times. I hate to admit that, but I have. And I have never had an issue of that locking mechanism, either for holding the gun when it's folded or when it's in the ready-to-shoot position, ever falter. It's never broke, never tried to break. It is solid, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, the next thing that I really like about this gun is just the sheer amount of stuff um, that you can put on it and the aftermarket support. There, like, on mine as is right now, I have a forward angled grip on it, I have a light, um, and I have a red dot all mounted on this 8 inch part of the barrel, um, which is covered in a uh, Picatinny rail and M-lock uh, mounts on the side of each barrel. I really like adding stuff to my gun, it's just the tinkerer in me, I like messing with stuff. But besides the externals, there's a bunch of internal stuff you can add to the gun too. Like on mine, I have a um, buffer ring. Uh, when I first bought this gun, my whole goal from the tinker side of it was I wanted to see how little recoil I can get a 9mm to produce. And uh, this little O-ring has done pretty good job with that. I still have some things that I want to do with it to reduce the recoil even more, but as of right now, it's recoiling like a 22. When I first bought it, it still didn't, it did not have a lot of recoil at all. Um, I would say still less than a 5.56, but uh, now I have it like super low. I have a couple more things to do with it and then it will be finished. But uh, you can also get aftermarket triggers, which I'm not going to lie, some of you guys are really going to want to do that, um, because this gun, uh, though it has a very good trigger from a pistol standard, it has an awful trigger from a rifle perspective. Um, it's not that it's like gritty or anything like that, it's just heavy. Like, you pull the trigger back, you have a little bit of slop, and then you hit the um, where it starts getting heavy, and then it's just a creep. Now, it is a very steady creep, and then you have a very crisp break, but that creep is just, it's almost 10 pounds, um, trigger pull, which even for pistols, that's kind of high, but, uh, because it's so even and so smooth, I don't find it to be an issue when I am shooting. Um, that's one issue I have with it. I guess since we're getting into the negatives, I'll just go ahead and talk about those. The second negative thing is um, the standard sights on this thing. The front AR blade is okay. Um, I think where they have some room for improvement on this rifle is the back peep sight. I don't know if it's the same size as um, an AR peep sight or not, but I just, when I first bought the rifle, I had a really hard time picking up the front sight post with the um, peep sight that they provided. I have remedied that by painting the front sight post a nice bright orange, so I no longer have that issue. But when I first got it, I really had a hard time of losing um, the front sight. Uh, 
when I, when I was shooting, which is never really a good thing, but it's an easy fix. It cost me like 10 cents to fix. Um, I only have one small last small complaint about this gun. Uh, the grip on it, if you have big hands like me, you will get a two-finger grip on the actual grip itself and then like half of your pinky over it. Now, when you have the magazine in, that's not an issue at all. Uh, the plate on the bottom of the magazines, or if you're using an extended mag, uh, you will have something to support it there. But as I'm just sitting here fiddling around with it unloaded, um, that is one thing that has always annoyed me just a little bit about this gun is the fact that I can't fit my full hand on the pistol grip. Uh, without the magazine in. Um, and even with the magazine in, it has a flared magwell. Uh, and uh, when the magazine's in there, you're not quite getting a level grip on it. You're kind of half on this flared magwell and then half on the magazine itself. Which isn't a big deal. It doesn't affect the accuracy or anything. It is just something that I have noticed. Um... Besides it folding in half and having a bunch of crud that I can put on it, which those are both really big pluses, I have one really silly plus with this gun. I love how you load it. After you put your uh, happy stick in there, um, you just slap this little side lever like it's uh, an S or like it's um, an MP5 or any submachine gun. Brings the bolt forward. It just makes you feel like awesome. Uh, like you're part of uh, some special ops team or something. It's just something silly, but I think it's really cool and makes me feel BA. Um, besides that silly thing, uh, I like the accuracy on this gun. Um, I uh, have shot about between 2,500 and 3,000 rounds. I'm not exactly sure, but it's in that range. And um, I've gotten to the point now where I can shoot this rifle... Um, in one to one and a half inch groups at 25 yards uh, while doing a standing shooting position, which I know they're use out. Those of you out there that can shoot way better than that, but what that tells me about this rifle is that it is as accurate as what I am, and that is all I can ask for from any of my guns. So it gets high marks there. Um, it's accurate. I like how it loads. I like how you put a bunch of stuff on it. Um, I like how easy it is to clean this gun. Uh, that's another really big plus about it. To clean it, you put it in the... Um, well, you don't start out by putting it in the folded position. Uh, you start out by taking out the bolt and the spring by pulling um, the charging handle out of the, um, out of the buffer tube. Then you go to the stock. There is this little peg on the buttstock. You can use a 9mm bullet or a push pin, or um, after some practice, you can even just use your finger to pull out that pin. The whole bolt and spring system comes out. Clean up your bolt and your spring really well. Put some oil in there for good lubrication. Put that all back in. Then you fold the rifle in half. And you have access to the entire chamber area when it's folded in half. You can clean the firing pin area, 
Um, you can clean the actual chamber itself, and you can easily clean the barrel. I mean, it just makes it super easy if you are, like I am, hiking and uh, drop my gun in the mud, like I have before, and need to clean it out really quick. Really easy to get all clean and back to working order again. Um, let's see here. What else can I say? I think for the amount of time that I have without getting into like really stupid nitpicky stuff, that's about it. Um, oh, we're going to talk about the price. I picked this gun up for $400. Now, what I have seen them for is if you get the Glock or the Smith & Wesson mags, you're going to pay a little bit of a premium between $50 and $75 more for Glock and Smith & Wesson mags. Now, if you get the multi-mag or the Beretta 92 mag, you will pay about uh, $400 for it, which is the whole reason why I got it. Um, I guess I should also talk about the reliability of this gun. I almost forgot about that. Uh, speaking of that, um, like I said, I've shot roughly 3,000 rounds through it. We're just going to leave it at there. And in that time, I have had two failures well two failures to eject now those two failures to eject were with really cheap um steel cased ammo and the other thing i want to note about it is uh they were both around they were both after several hundred rounds of firing between three and four hundred rounds of firing and uh those are the only two times i've ever had a stovepipe in this gun those that don't know, a stovepipe is where the bullet goes to eject and gets caught by the bolt for whatever reason. Um, really easy fix, just turn the gun to its side, uh, release back, and continue firing. Not hard at all. Um, got plenty of good accuracy out of it, and those that's the only like shooting issues I've had with it. Um, as far as an attesting, attesting to its durability, I have taken this gun everywhere. This is by no means a safe queen gun. It goes backpacking with me. It is on the road with me almost constantly. Uh, I take it everywhere. Um, I've even done some coyote hunting with it. It has not been gently kept, and I have had no breaks no misfeeds, no failure to fires. I've had no issue with it whatsoever. So it gets very high marks for me in that category. Before ending the segment, I would like it noted that when the... Um, I have the Gen 2 model. There is the Gen 1. I've never shot it. Uh, don't know a whole lot about it, so I can't talk about that at all. But in the Gen 2 model, when they first got released, they did have a reliability issue um i want to say it was with the chamber um something was out of spec with it and it was causing a lot of issues but um within the first six months of them manufacturing the gen 2s they fixed that issue and as i said mine has had no issues whatsoever even with the kind of rough treatment i have given it that covers it all. Um, 
I feel like this episode's going to be a little bit longer as a result, but that's okay. I wanted to give you guys a good detailed rundown of the Caltech Sub 2000, and I feel like I've done that. So, thanks for listening to this ep- or this segment of the Armory. All right, guys, we're running a little long, and I do apologize for that, but before sending you to the outro, I just have some closing announcements. Um, If you would like to help out the show, help me out, I'm going to have links in the description for my YouTube channel and uh, here on the podcast for accessories that I put on my gun. Um, The links will take you to Amazon, and if you decide to purchase... uh, whatever item you clicked on, I get a little bit of money from that. It's not going to make me rich, but it will help me offset the cost of producing the show, which really means a ton to me. Um, I also have set up that if you like the show and you want to tip me directly, um, you can. Just click on the support uh, podcast button on Anchor, and it'll take you to the rest. But uh, like I said... If you would like to support me in that way, I would really appreciate it. Helps me off, set some of the cost, and uh, makes me feel good about myself. Outside of that, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We talked about pistol caliber carbines and uh, Keltec and the Keltec Sub 2000. Um, again, sorry that I ran a little long, but eh, what can you do when you're running a one-man show? But before I start rambling again, I'm going to send you to the outro. See you guys next time. This concludes another episode of the Millennial Gunner Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please share us with your friends and family. Want additional content? Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even Vero at Millennial Gunner. If you have a product or service that you would like to be reviewed on the show, shoot me an email at millennialgunner13 at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening, and remember, get good, be unsatisfied, and stay chilly, snowflakes.